So, thank you all for coming. We'll study a little Bhagavad Gita this evening. We're studying the 13th chapter, Nature the Enjoyer in Consciousness. Arjuna begins, the chapter begins by Arjuna asking Krishna to explain how things are going on, what's going on in this material world. So he asks specifically about the following. I wish to know about Prakriti, nature, Purusha, the enjoyer, and the field and the knower of the field, and of knowledge and the object of knowledge. This evening, uh, we're going to begin with text 8 through 12, and in these verses, these, uh, these verses 8 through 12, Krishna is going to answer Arjuna's question as to what is knowledge. I thought we would chant text number 11. Mai chananya yogena bhaktir avya bicharini vivikta desa sevit vam aratir jana samsadi humility. Pridelessness, nonviolence, tolerance, simplicity, approaching a bona fide spiritual master, cleanliness, steadiness, self control, renunciation of the objects of sense gratification, absence of false ego, the perception of the evil of birth, death, old age, and disease, detachment, freedom from entanglement with children, wife, home, and the rest, even mindedness amid pleasant and unpleasant events, constant and unalloyed devotion to me aspiring to live in a solitary place, detachment from the general mass of people, accepting the importance of self-realization and philosophical search for the absolute truth. All these I declare to be knowledge, and besides this, whatever there may be is ignorance. Omajana Trimanandasya, Jana Jana Salakaya, Chakshurun Militanyena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha, I was born in the darkness of ignorance, but my spiritual master has opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my most respectful obeisances unto him. Interesting, this knowledge. If we remember what is the nature of the soul, three distinct characteristics, eternity, knowledge, and bliss, sat-chit-ananda. So this chit potency, the potency of knowledge, is being explained here by Krishna. It's very interesting that all these characteristics, these 20 items of knowledge, do not fall within the confines of the elements of the material world. They're not material qualities. They, they don't fall within the field of activities. They're transcendental. That is not to say that someone may not seek these qualities with a materialistic motive. But these qualities are in themselves transcendental when properly applied. When we apply a thing properly, then it will have a therapeutic value. If applied improperly, it could actually increase the disease. So there has to be the expert physician. Can you 
you say that uh, intelligence and the uh, spirit soul are the same thing? No, you cannot. Because intelligence falls within material, material energy. That isn't to say there isn't spiritual intelligence. Mm -hmm. But intelligence is actually uh, falls within the field of activities. Earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and false ego. Mind, intelligence, and false ego are the subtle covering of the soul. What that means is within material activities, generally speaking, mind, intelligence, and false ego are, are the driving principle that involves us in trying to exploit the material energy. What you see is disease. Hmm? And what you may see is disease, perhaps. I don't follow you the correlation. Uh, I was going to you bring that up. The false application. Of the false application. Right. And it's interesting that the first paragraph of this purport, Srila Prabhupada concentrates on two very important things in these 20 elements. Of course, the first is one has to use all of these qualities and all of these uh, practices. There's both qualities and practices here. One has to utilize these in devotional service to the Lord or in and of themselves, they have no real value. Unless you put the one in front of all the zeros, they ha it ha there is no value. Unless we put Krishna as the object of humility, cleanliness, nonviolence, understanding birth, death, old age, and disease, unless we see all that in relationship to, to the Supreme Lord, it falls within the field of material activity. We have to add Krishna to make these items significant. So these items... Because they are used to advance spiritually, because they're the, the natural, these are natural qualities of the soul. Now, if you read these again with that conception in mind, these are qualities and characteristics of the true spirit soul. It's, it's important that you see these don't fall within the purview of earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, false ego, the knowledge acquiring senses, the working senses, the objects of the senses. All the things that constitute material involvement, these items don't fall within that jurisdiction. Provided, as Prabhupada says in this purport, provided they're all utilized for spiritual advancement in devotional service. Now, he also points out in the very first paragraph, not only this one item, which is the 11th verse, the one we chanted, but he also, he emphasizes the 8th verse. And what's in the 8th verse? Acharyupasanam. If we want to apply these items properly, 
Someone has to show us. What's acharya mean? Teaching. By? Example. Example. Teaching by example. That's what the acharya does. He practices what he preaches. Lord Jesus Christ, if he didn't practice what he preached, of what significance would his ministry have been? He lived a holy life and therefore he could instill, instill spirituality. That's an acharya. We're familiar in our culture with Lord Jesus Christ. And when he said to love thy father with all thy heart and all thy might or however it was exactly said, all thy soul, all thy soul he did it. So much so that even in his hour of distress, just like Arjuna on this battlefield, in his hour of distress, he was willing to say, I don't understand. I don't understand why you're forsaking me. You're going to let them put me through this terrible tribulation. I don't understand, but just as Sri Chaitanya, and we chanted tonight, the Shiksastika, the eighth verse. My Lord, I'm going to love you whether you pick me up and embrace me or whether you neglect me and make me brokenhearted. So similarly, Lord Jesus is able to say, I don't know why, but if, I have to do, if this is what I have to do to show you I love you, okay, I don't understand why I have to do this much, but I'll do it. Arjuna, same situation. The Acharyas are always teaching with the same tools. So in the same situation, Arjuna, I don't understand why I have to go into this battle and kill my relatives and my teachers. Why are you asking me to do this? Oh, you're not this body. They're not the body. I'm God. I've already worked it all out. If you don't kill them, I'm gonna, they're going to die anyway. I want you to do it. Show me you love me by doing it. I guarantee you no harm will come to you by doing it. There will be no sinful reaction. Everything will come out roses if you do it. That's devotional service. We who are conditioned by the field of activities, who are involved in the field of activities, who are bewildered in ignorance by the field of activities, avidya, not knowledge. Here, Krishna is speaking of items of knowledge. And aside from this knowledge, which leads to pure devotional service, Everything else is, is just ignorance. It falls within the purview of the material elements. It falls within the purview of the material field of activities. It has no significance and no value. If you want to understand this, you need someone to show you the way. Acharya. You need an Acharya. Someone who, by his own lifestyle, shows you can live in this world. You can be here, but not 
of here. Because you aren't of here. We are spirit soul. Our constitution is eternity, knowledge, and bliss. Everything here is simply ignorance. Everything we do here to exploit this energy and try to enjoy hurts us. It ends in badly. It ends in misery. All of it. It doesn't matter. No matter how much we want it to come out nice and how much it may look like it's going all right, eventually it's ripped away. We're ripped away. It's, it, this is not the environment for a gentleman. <laughs> we have to see. This is, there's nothing here that will ever give us fulfillment and spiritual pleasure. There may be a little bit of gratification of the senses. You may hear something nice, smell something nice, touch something nice. You may use your mind and think you're this and think you're that and, and feel very, very elevated in the world. But in the end, you're not taking any of it with you. You're not taking anything and your great fame and reputation, time will eventually wash it away to nothing. <laughs> I mean, let's really think. Who's the most famous person on the material platform who's not transcendentally situated? Let's qualify it. Because we could say, well, I've heard of Krishna, or I've heard of Arjuna, or I've heard of Prahlad. But we look, when we look at the gross materialists, what, Alexander the Great? I don't know how long ago that was. But... The Dalai Lama. Spiritual person. He, his, his reputation is on the spiritual platform. That reputation lasts. Okay. Material reputation, eventually, it'll be lost in the waves of time. Yes. Understanding and seeing these things as spiritual qualities and spiritual practices. These things are eternal. We will never in our existence, even when we're liberated from this material atmosphere, these qualities and these understandings that Krishna's given here are constantly practiced and understood on the spiritual platform. On the spiritual platform, you're always going to be humble. You're always going to be clean inside and out. Go through it. Look at all that. Pridelessness, nonviolence, tolerance, simplicity. Now, in the purport, Prabhupada points out these things in relationship to the field of activities. But in the spiritual platform, they also exist. In other words, when we're in the field of activities, as he says, in, as we were reading in the purport, you may, you may try to push forward spiritual principles and the society of man will ridicule you for it. But still, that same pursuit of pushing forward spiritual principle is going to exist in the spiritual plane also. 
there'll be no ridicule. Everybody will say, yes, let's serve Krishna that way. That's good. So the, oh, Because on the spiritual platform, everything is in harmony. Now, if you read these verses and read the purports, I want to bring out one thing that's, that's very interesting because here we, we uh, see in the translation freedom from entanglement with children, wife, home, and the rest. Now, did anybody read what Prabhupada said in relationship to that? All right. If you go to page 652, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm, yes. There's four items that Prabhupada prescribes as the Acharya. He prescribes four items in relationship because generally within this world, everybody is engaged in family life. Very few people can take to the path of the renunciant. We don't find a lot of monasteries. They're not on every block. <laughs> okay? Also, in the tradition of Vaishnav, you don't find, you know, brahmachari ashrams, at least in the Western world, on every block. <laughs> Now, in the culture of India, taking brahmachari, taking a spiritual master and working directly with him in the beginning of your life is done as a general, at least it was, up to probably, you know, a couple hundred years ago. It, it was in that general practice in their society that you would go and you would join an ashram, you would be taken. The parents would put you in an ashram under the charge of a spiritual master to give you some initial training. We, we'll discuss at another time the significance of that training of brahmachari. But here, what I wanted to point out was Prabhupada mentions four items that householders can do <coughs> which makes their lifestyle equivalent to that of a renunciate. Equivalent to that of a renunciate. That means they're on the same level spiritually. So let's read this. One need only chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. One. Two. Accept the remnants of foodstuffs offered to Krishna. Well, these two are pretty easy. Let's go on. Have some discussions on books like Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. It's pretty easy to come here and, and listen to discussion. And the fourth item, engage oneself in deity worship. So we're coming, we're seeing the deity. Is it difficult seeing the deity? Difficult offering your food to the deity? Difficult making some offering keeping the temple clean, doing some service for the deity in the, in the home. Four items. And then Prabhupada goes on to say, these four things will make one happy. One should train the members of the family in this way. 
The family members can sit down morning and evening and chant together. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. If one can mold his family life in this way to develop Krishna consciousness, following the four principles, then there is no need to change from family life to renounced life. In other words, that item of knowledge that is mentioned in this verse, freedom from entanglement with children, wife, home, and the rest. Those four items, if we introduce those into our household life, then we accomplish that item of knowledge. Now, also in the Port Port Prabhupada, brought out a very important point. If we, if the objective of our existence, even in this field of activity, if the objective is pure devotional service, these transcendental qualities, these items of knowledge don't have to be we don't have to strive for them individually. In other words, if we're aspiring to be Krishna conscious, then naturally these things will develop. Humility, patience, tolerance, cleanliness, all these things. Hmm? Yes. We don't, have to, we don't have to strive independently. If we simply become Krishna's devotees, what's, what do we chant every week? Sheto darpanam arjanam Bhava maha divagni nirvapanam Sheto darpanam arjanam We're cleansing the heart. Cleansing the heart does what? It gets rid of misconception. It gets rid of ignorance. Misconceptions and ignorance is the only thing that's keeping us in this world is that. The misconception that there's something here that we, will make us happy. And all the ignorance of all the, all the involvement of material in the material field of activity. That's what keeps us involved in the material plane. Simply, that ignorance keeps us there. By cleansing the heart, our natural spiritual identity is automatically revealed. No separate endeavor is required. So the simple process, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. By chanting, Sheto Darpanamarjanam, our heart will be cleansed. The dirty things will fall away. Our natural, our true spiritual identity will become manifest without separate endeavor. If you read the purport, another thing I want to discuss. When we look to control of the senses, which is often so very, very <laughs> difficult. <laughs> When we look to control of the senses, if we're having difficulty in that regard, Prabhupada points out in the purport that control of the senses begins by control of the tongue. 
Control of the tongue. If we use the tongue to chant Hare Krishna or to read Bhagavad Gita or to praise Krishna or praise his devotees, then that's great use of the tongue. If we use the tongue simply to talk nonsense, to get involved in worldly politics and, and uh, simply they call it village talk, dramya katha. Katha means talk, dramya, just village talk. Oh, I saw her out with him. Oh, I saw this. Oh, I, you know, it's just... <laughs> and you know, it, it doesn't last. What value does it have? Today we talk about this one. The next day we talk about that one. Today it's, oh look, this, somebody just won a, a, an award for a movie. Oh, and then this, this one ran off with that one's wife. or the, just And it changes. The thing is, it changes. What do they call it in the modern news cycle? What is it, the news cycle? News product. Yeah, the news, yeah. And what is it? It's just constantly re changing. Mm -hmm. The flavor of the day. Right. How long is your, how long, how many minutes is your fame or infamy in the news cycle? Keep asking about this news. <laughs> That's material existence. Mm. So the tongue, we can either discuss around the cooler every day what happened here and how was the halftime show and so many things. Oh, which commercial did you like best? Or we can discuss Krishna. We have the choice. The tongue. The other thing that the tongue does beside vibrate, it tastes. We have a choice. We can either taste any nonsense that comes in front of us. Oh, let me eat this or this. Or we can use the tongue to take Krishna Prashadam. The tongue is in a straight line with the other senses that get us in trouble. The tongue, the belly, the genitals. Mm -hmm. These things are in a straight line. If we can control the tongue, the control of the other senses is made easy. We should take this simple mm -hmm. thing. And what's, other, what's the other unique thing about the tongue? If we want to see Krishna... It's not going to be possible with the material senses. There's a very famous verse. Ata Shri Krishna Namadi Nabaved Graham Indriya. Perceiving the Supreme Lord in his original form. Ata Shri Krishna. Shri Krishna. Ata Shri Krishna. Namadi, Nabaved Graham Indriya. We, with these senses, these Indriyas, hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, the material senses will not allow us to perceive transcendence. But the verse goes on. Sevan Muki He Jivadao. Jivadao, the tongue. If the tongue is utilized in spiritual engagement, Sevan Mukhi Hejivadal, Swayam Evas then we can actually use that material thing 
to obtain transcendence. So we can vibrate Hare Krishna with the tongue, Sevan. We can taste Krishna Prashadam. And what's the thing? Again, the tongue is the beginning of our spiritual life. So the tongue can either be the beginning of our spiritual existence or the end. It begins with the tongue. You properly utilized, we can make all advancement. Improperly utilized, we can destroy, we can become completely enamored of this material energy and stay here eternally. Does anybody have any questions about any of these 20 items? Now, 18 of these items, the first 18 are specific to the practice of bhakti. The last two items are more or less, well, they're, they're specific to the acquisition, jnana yoga. Now, we know the difference. Jnana yoga is simply a, acquiring knowledge for spiritual upliftment, and sometimes that knowledge doesn't take us all the way to the goal. So basically the jnani, although he wants knowledge, why does he want, sometimes his, his desire to acquire knowledge is not to come to the platform of pure devotional service, his desire to acquire knowledge is to eradicate the material miseries. So he wants to use his intelligence, his knowledge, he wants to use knowledge to rise above the field of activities. He doesn't want to be involved in samsara birth, death, old age, and disease. He wants to rise above that. He wants to rise to the spiritual platform. But he doesn't necessarily want to serve the Supreme Lord. He just wants to be on the spiritual platform. He's also a transcendentalist. Mm -hmm. Srimad Bhagavatam, there's three categories of transcendentalists. Brahmati, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaniti, Sabjate. These are different aspects of the Supreme. Brahmati, the spiritual effulgence, the spiritual energy, which is the, basically our true constitution, our spiritual constitution. We're part of that energy. Satchitananda, eternity, knowledge, and bliss. Brahmati, Paramatmati. All in reverence for the Supreme Lord within the material existence. Still transcendental. No, not a desire for exploitation. Brahmati, Paramatmati. Bhagavaniti Sabjate. Bhagavan. Bhagavan. That supreme personality of Godhead who has unimaginable qualities, uncountable. What was the verse we went over last week? If you were to count 
Krishna said if he was to count, we couldn't count. But if he was to count all the atoms in the universe, they wouldn't stand up to all his variegated transcendental qualities. That's God. So magnificent that he has magnificent qualities exceeding the atoms in the universe. Exceeding infinity. Yes. He is infinity. But we see Bhagavan primarily in, in recognizing uh, eight characteristics. All strength, all beauty, all knowledge, all renunciation. Go ahead. Beauty, wealth, fame. These eight characteristics are in fullness in the Supreme Personality. We also have these characteristics. He has an infinity characteristics. He has these characteristics in uncountable quantity. We have them in a very minute quantity because we are part and parcel of him. So from this verse, which is the items of knowledge, and I encourage everyone to read the purport as your time allows and go through and have an understanding. One other thing that Prabhupada uh, brings out in regards to false ego is we also have true ego. False ego means I think I am this material body. I think that this plane of existence is, is here for my exploitation. There's also spiritual understanding of ego. Here, our ego says what? I, me, mine. I, me, mine, I, me, mine. Everyone's singing it. <laughs> I, me, mine. Everything is, revolves around me. On this plane, that's the way we are conditioned. That's our ignorance. That's our misconception. Everything here is about me. Everything ultimately should be owned by me. <laughs> it should all be mine. Everyone should worship me. I'm the center. But we have our true spiritual existence. Aham Brahmasmi. I'm Brahman. That's our true existence. That's our true ego. I am part of the energy of the Supreme Lord. Therefore, I'm meant to serve Him. That's my, that's my position. That's my constitutional makeup. What I'm about is... I'm a part and parcel of the Supreme. I am... My true existence is... is Brahman. Now in the very next verse, that's what we hear about. What is the position of the jiva? 
So the next verse is about the Jivatma. And then next week, the verses after the next verse are about Paramatma and how we distinguish the difference between our soul, our being, and the Supreme Lord, who is also his, our being is confined within material existence to this body. The Supreme Lord has no confinement. He's not confined the way he, we are. He also exists here without confinement. We exist here with confinement. So he permeates every living entity. He sits in the heart of every living entity as the super soul. So we'll stop with this 13th verse. I shall now explain the knowable, knowing which you will taste the eternal. Brahman, the spirit, beginningless and subordinate to me, lies beyond the cause and effect of this material world. This 13th verse deals specifically with our position, and that position is Brahman. And I want to mention in closing eight the eight qualities that are the qualities of our spiritual existence. Our true spiritual self is without sin. The only time that there is sin is when we're covered with ignorance. It doesn't ex exist. We do not sin. We cover ourselves with misconception and see ourselves as involved in the material world and see ourselves as engaged in activities which are considered sinful. The soul, it's not, it's not part of the constitution of our spiritual existence. Without aging, Krishna's already covered this pretty exclusively in the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Never was there a time that I did not exist, nor you, nor all these kings, nor in the future shall any of us be, cease to be. As the embodied soul, as the soul continually passes in this birth, from boyhood to youth to old age, the soul similarly passes into another body at death. Uh, so the soul doesn't age, can't be withered by the wind, can't be cut up into little pieces. Anytime that we think these things apply to us, we are in illusion. We're seeing ourselves involved in the field of activities. Spiritual life means that we see ourselves as who we really are. We do not sin. It's a hard concept to understand. Until you come to an understanding that we're not anything of this field of activities. The soul itself doesn't engage in the field of activities. It's simply bewildered. It's like a dream. 
Very hard for us to conceive of. As long as we have an attachment for this body and this field of activities, understanding these subtle points of our true spiritual existence is difficult for our mental mind to conceive. Qualities of the soul. Eight. One. Does not sin. Free from sin. Without sin. Without aging. Without death. Without lamentation, hunger, or thirst. Anytime we are thinking, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm a sinner. I lament my past. <laughs> Those are big motivators in this body, aren't they? Yes. But if we, if we use our transcendental intelligence, our true knowledge, if we use true knowledge and see things every to see everything properly, then whenever these things are thrust upon us by the field of activities, we can say, Ah, I'm being influenced by the external. The soul's never hungry, it's never thirsty, never grows old. The last two. Mm. The nature of the soul is it always desires truth. It's a quality of the soul. It always desires truth. And the last is very interesting. The soul's desires are always fulfilled. That's our true characteristics. Those eight things. Mm. Six things that were not and two things that we really are. We're always looking for the truth. And we are always, everything that we aspire to is ultimately fulfilled. I'll stop there. Any questions? Well, I just want to comment on, on the idea of the sin. Uh, if one is elevated and one is in transcendence and then makes a choice to deliberately move in another direction, then I, I would consider that the error. Yeah, it's it would a be an error and it would be, you know, in, in the material nomenclature it would be sinful. Mm -hmm. yeah. But the soul is the not soul in is the material right. nomenclature. Right. The soul is bewildered and thinks he is. Mm -hmm. It's a very difficult concept to grasp. Mm -hmm. To say that you can't, the soul doesn't sin. Uh, isn't like when you sin, I mean, it's, isn't that partly due to your karma playing itself out? And, I mean, the soul. It's a very subtle understanding to understand that whatever, to come to the realization that anything we perceive here on this plane of existence is simply if it's not seen in relationship with these items of knowledge everything else Krishna said is what? Ignorance. ignorance. Yeah. It's all ignorance. To think that you're involved on this plane involved in the, in the actions and reactions of this plane 
is just like a dream to the soul. It's just like a dream. Very hard to conceive of. When, when you are such in so much in the dream that you're getting beat to death. It's hard to realize. It's a dream. But if you were to wake up to your true spiritual existence, there's nothing on the material platform that actually influences the soul. There's nothing here that influences the soul. But if you try to exploit and enjoy on this platform, Krishna's external potency is so strong that you can be illusioned into thinking, I am black, I am white, I am man, I'm a woman, I'm a cat, I'm a dog, I'm suffering, I'm enjoying. That's Krishna's external potency. It, it is so strong and does such a good job that you'll think you're a sinner or a saint. You'll think you're a black man or a white. You'll think you're a king or a pauper. That's material existence. From the spiritual platform, it's all an illusion. But it's such a good illusion that we suffer. We suffer, quote, quote, karma. <laughs> no, the soul doesn't suffer anything. But when we're in the illusion, it's such a grand illusion that we, we fall right into the trap. For the transcendentalist, he sees he's Brahman. Yes, sir. Yes, you have to see everything in relationship to these items of knowledge. You have to see like that. But see yourself as Brahman. Now, that's not a free pass. You can go out and do whatever you like either. Because when you do like anything you like, then you are, then the illusion has captured you. Yeah. And then you're going to be subjected to the illusion of the bad karma. And the illusion of the sinful reaction. And the suffering. And the suffering that goes mm -hmm. with it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.